The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Welcome to the TNF Hotline on the Knapsack Files. Your calls, your voice, your thoughts, and your host, Ken Knapsack. Thank you, Matty D. Happy holidays, everybody. Welcome to the TNF Hotline. We're going to take some calls, some voice messages from you out there in the ether. Maybe even a little bit more in this special edition during crunch time. Have you got all your gifts? Have you made your purchases? Do you need help deciding? Well, then you can go to the Motivations with Ken podcast over on Anchor, separate feed. But check it out on Anchor. It's also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, uh, Pocket Cast. Do you want me to keep listening? And more are coming. Oh, it's going to be everywhere. You're going to enjoy it. Breaker. It's on there as well. What's Breaker? I don't know. But the Motivations with Ken podcast is there. And uh, the first edition, first episode is some nice, calming, soothing advice on what gifts to bring. And I hope you're still watching the videos on YouTube. Let's start talking to you out there. These are my uh, supporters on Patreon. Tier 3 or higher. They get access to the Google voice message system set up for the Knapsack Files. And uh, they can, uh, you know, ask me a question. That's what we do here. And I'll answer. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, Ken. This is Andy from Dallas. I hope you are well. Uh, it's a little bit uh, a week before Christmas, and I'm trying to do my holiday shopping for my loved ones. My question to you this month is, what is your favorite gift you have gotten for a special someone, a friend, or a family member? Uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Andy from Dallas calling in, as he often does here, usually with some deep emotional questions or some good questions about baseball. But I like this question about gifts, since that's what we're kind of talking about here at the top of the show, gifts for the holiday season. But Andy's not asking what, like, my favorite gift I've received is. And I don't know if I even really have that answer. You have to go, you have to go back, right? You have to go back to your childhood and there's maybe more important gifts you might receive now, but, uh, you know, that Galaxy Commander Lego set I got in 1982, still going to rank pretty high. I can still feel the joy coursing through my veins when I look at it, because I still own it, <laughs> built it, and never took it apart. It's in a little plastic tote. Oh, because I love plastic totes for my Legos. Anyways, Andy's not asking that. He's asking... You know, in the spirit of it's better to give than receive, what's the best gift I've I've given someone else? Uh, you know, my love and companionship. I don't know. No, I am I am not in a th how do I how do I answer this, Andy? How do I answer this? I love giving good gifts. I love that feeling. I do believe in it better to give than receive. I do, I do, I do. I sometimes feel as though I'm I'm not as good as gifts. Eh, maybe I am. I've had some good moments. Birthday gifts, Christmas gifts, uh, you know, replica Lord of the Rings swords for people that love Lord of the Rings. Uh, I have a, a rock hammer for people that needed a rock hammer. I, I, I've paid attention. But sometimes I feel as though I, I pull it out uh, 
at the last minute, and I go into the gift buying situation a little overwhelmed, a little feeling as though I can't do this, I cannot pull this off, and then I do. So it's usually, it's not necessarily big ticket items. It's little small touches. It's personal touches. I've even gone through and made notes during the year. Uh, Not only that they wanted that or uh, someone in my life has said, hey, that, uh, and that that works. But, you know, oh, they might need this or they like this thing, which means they'll get this thing. You know, that's kind of what I do. There's those gifts, and I think those are the ones that have worked the most. You know, uh, someone, uh, you know, loves David Bowie. I'm going to find some cool David Bowie art that's specific to them. I've done that. That's good. Um, again, like I said, uh, you know, not just, hey, you're a Lord of Rings fan, but you like, you like fighting with swords. I'm going to get you something you wouldn't have ever thought to get yourself, a replica of Aragorn's sword, you know? That kind of stuff. I like that. But there's also ones where it's just like, sometimes it's like, what do you need? Christmas isn't, you know, and I'm not removing the personal connection, but like, this is a time where maybe you, something you wouldn't treat yourself, something you wouldn't normally feel, I don't, I don't have the money or the, the deserve this particular gift. I need other things. This week I need food. I don't need a record player. Uh, those kind of things. That's a little bit of that too. So I do sometimes like being very specific. And I'm speaking, as, as I'm talking about being specific, I'm speaking vague because, you know, there could, people, could be people listening who might be getting gifts from me and I don't want to blow that, right? Um, but sometimes it's specific. I need a blender. Well, then let me be the one to get you a blender. It's worked the other way. One of my favorite Christmas gifts. All right, I'm going to flip it around a little bit. I'm going to be a little, little self-centered here, a little egocentric, talk about one of my favorite gifts. It was uh, from, from my dad, and it was a super shredder. Not like a villain from a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, but it was a R2-D2-sized paper shredder. Like, I can go up to 20 sheets, children, all at once, and I still have it. I have it in my room. Now, you might be asking, Ken, why did you, uh, why did you feel the need to have a paper shredder? Well, at the time, I was a little bit more in the screenwriting trade. Uh, that was more my immediate goals. It's a distant goal now. So if that happens, you find yourself a lot. I, I, I think it's changed a little bit, but... Uh, recently, Mark Hamill was talking about the the episode nine and and even shooting maybe in the Last Jedi, where he wasn't really allowed to have paper scripts for security reasons, not for say environmental reasons, which I would understand, but for security reasons, and that's tough. I feel the, he he had to look at look at it, study, maybe make his notes, and then boom, gone. And you couldn't take a really a picture of it because it's got security. Uh, in the in, in the in the tech of, of even the digital copies of the scripts, so he doesn't have have it in his hands and he can't make uh, notes and everything. And then that's a that's kind of a problem because I think most actors will tell you, and I'm not a good one myself. Occasionally dabbled. You, you want that script with the notes. You want it in your hand. You want to feel it. It's like the que- age old question of uh, 
you know, physical media versus digital media. And for the most part, yeah, maybe DVDs, Blu-rays, that kind of thing, uh, 4K, blah, blah, blahs, all that stuff. I don't have I've made that switch. But comics, I need comic books in my hand. I need books in my hand. And you feel it. There's something to it. And when you're a screenwriter and you're really, you find when you're going to edit, you really want to edit, go do another pass. You have to print out the paper, print out the script. So there was a time I just had several, you know, 80 to 120 page scripts, not all the mind just laying about. And I just, you know, there's, you can take them, you can take them to places to get them shredded and recycled, but I like the art of shredding your own stuff. So that was a specific need. Dad and mom were like, what do you want for Christmas? I was like, paper shredder. Because I had like one of those little tiny ones that you put over a trash can. It says like up to five pages, one and a half pages, the thing conks out. So I've got, I still got it. I could probably even play it now in the background and you hear it whirring, ripping up that paper. So the flip side is sometimes I think when, you, when I'm giving gifts and I think about the best gifts I've given, sometimes it's just very specific. A blender isn't a sexy gift unless you need to blend something. Put that on a T-shirt. Put that top seller on Public. A blender isn't a sexy gift unless you need to blend something. So that's part of my philosophy about giving gifts. All right. Thanks for the call, Andy. Happy holidays. Hope all your holiday shopping goes smoothly in this crunch time, uh, the countdown to Christmas. Let's see what we got back on the hotline. Hello, Ken, and hello, TNF listeners. This is Kai. My question today is, what is your favorite scent of this season? Mine is pine because it reminds me of being a kid and going picking out a Christmas tree each year with my family. It was a tradition that we had, and it brings back good memories every time I smell that scent. So I'd like to know what is yours. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Kai is talking about scents in the holiday season, and it's so funny. I just got this question the other day in real life from a special lady friend. It's important. What is your favorite holiday scent? And I'm with Kai. I don't believe there is another answer that can top pine. Fight me. Come at me, bros. I think it's pine. It has to be pine. But, all right, it's very personal because, like Kai, it connects to something connects to my Thanksgiving memories more than anything. But that, that really leads us into the peak holiday season. So, yeah, it's going up to Green Valley Lake as a kid, up there in the Big Bear Mountains, up at great aunt and uh, now late uncle's uh, uh, cabin, and just kind of walking through the forest and smelling the forest, smelling the pines. I love that. Give me a pine-scented candle, and I'm in a happy place. Now, there's other smells. Some kind of Christmassy vanilla. Some holly jolly vanilla, the smell of hot chocolate, uh, you know, a Christmas ham roasting on an open fire, the smell of like a store-bought eggnog, believe it or not. Ooh, I open that box, it's, it sounds disgusting, but I open it up and it's like, ah, this smells like Ralph's Fueled Christmas. Uh, Ralph's being a grocery store here in SoCal. Um, 
So, but, but for me, it's pine. It is one. It's Christmas tree, and I do love a good Christmas tree. I don't have one in my place. I have not had a Christmas tree in my place since I've lived in LA. That's twenty years now. Uh, something uh, I don't know. That's a big. That's a big thing. Especially you know, you had roommates. Yeah, look around now. I got some room. I guess I could put a tree in here, but why? I'm not bah humbug. I love this holiday, but why? I'm here by myself. Occasionally, some podcasting partners come over. Like, if I put a Christmas tree up in my apartment, it'd be mostly for Jennifer Landa and Joseph Scrimshaw's enjoyment because weekly they come over to record Four Center. They're like the only people that come to my house uh, other than uh, Grace and the dogs occasionally, you know? It's, I'm here alone. I got pictures of Princess Leia on the wall. They can't see the tree. So I don't have any, any tree. Funko Pops are not alive, is what I'm saying. But I have solid memories of a good old Christmas tree. Good old pine tree. I love that smell. My folks and I, I mean my folks, it wasn't my money, uh, we would go out and get a tree every year. And some years it was the ones you'd find out there uh, in front of a grocery store. I remember there was a lucky grocery store in town. It's no longer there. And they, there's two things I remember about that parking lot. And I still drive by it when I'm going home this week. Um, I'll drive by it. I think of two things in this parking lot. And if you happen to be in my hometown, okay, I do have some people that listen up there in Central Coast. It is... It is on Grand Avenue. Before you cross, it's still like the Royal Grande side. It's before you cross over uh, to Grover Beach. Um, it's so weird. I don't always remember the side streets because I just grew up in a small town where it was like you turn left at the Burger King. But that Burger King on Grand Avenue, I'm so, this is so specific. This is like for three people, but I'm going to roll with it. There's Burger King on Grand Avenue. Actually, don't, all, if you're listening... And you've never stepped foot in my hometown of Arroyo Grande, California, Pismo Beach, Grover Beach, Shell Beach, Avila Beach, Oceano, the whole area up there. Bring it up on Google Maps. I'll wait. Bring it up on Google Maps, Arroyo Grande, California. Go to not even, you know, just go not to the satellite view, not the map view. Scroll down Grand Avenue until you find the street that intersects uh, with, with a Burger King. All right. If you hit that, you've gone too far. If you go back about a block or so, there was a lucky grocery store. It's now like a Sprouts or a Sprinkles. Uh, it's a donut shop or a cupcake shop. Um, it was a lucky grocery store. To this day, I drive by, I have two memories. Picking a tree from the front of it. And there's Christmas tree. There's great Christmas tree farms. And we would later on in our lives go do that. But when I was very young, parents... You know, struggling lower middle class, even more struggling than I knew as a kid. They really, really put that shield up and gave me and my sister a good life, despite the fact that they were struggling harder than we knew. We get a tree, so we go to Lucky. We get ourselves a tree from the grocery store, not even parking lot, like the front. I have memories of that, memories of just, it seemed as a kid, seven or eight, that this was a Christmas tree farm. This was as, trees as far as the eye could see. Because I was so tiny and little. And you'd be in the middle and it just felt like a forest. A forest on a sidewalk in front of a grocery store. But the, the illusion worked for me. And I have memories of that and the smell and the excitement of taking the tree home, decorating it. And the other memory, like my first or second year in that town, I would be seven or eight. 
I don't even know if I'd seen Return of the Jedi by this point. This might have been 82. Uh, there was a big storm in the town. We moved up from Orange County, California in uh, probably the summer of 82. Uh, some of my family would have to fact check me on that. And there was a historic storm that hit the shore, tore down the Pismo Beach Pier, uh, turned the uh, cliffs, the sand dunes, just turned them into these walls of sand. And I remember my dad was really obsessed with it, uh, which, and I have that trait too. I am obsessed with kind of weather as well. My, my dad and I will never probably get our dream of chasing a tornado, but we had talked about it. Um, and so I just remember my dad, like, I'm going to drive down the beach. I'm going to see these waves. And these waves were, were, were not quite tidal, but they were big. I mean, they ripped a pier out of the ocean, just gone, done. Um, so the, the, there was a lot of rain, a lot of downpour. I don't know how long. And so during that, during that time period, I, I do believe, the memories do start to fade. But this I remember. There was a chilly cook-off in that parking lot. They like shut down part of the parking lot. It's like a big shopping center. There was a toy store in there where I got a Bespin uh, guard action figure a year or so later. Um, pouring down rain. One of the hardest rains I remember of my childhood. Oh, the rain was coming down. Oh, yes, it was. Uh, and there was like a bunch of booths set up. And there's like, you know, you walk around like a shopping center, like a like a little shopping center on the corner of a street. So the booths were facing to inside towards the covered sidewalks. And then it's just 15 booths, each one of them with a, a chef, a cook, and their chili. Homemade res- recipes. And it was this contest. And that's, I think, where my love of chili, because I do love chili, don't have it often for social reasons. Um, I think that's where it set in. Because I just remember being young, pouring rain like I've never seen rain coming down and just being handed samples of chili by like my mom or dad. Here, try this. Kenny, try this. You like this one? And I drive by that parking lot to this day. To this day, I remember those two memories. Chili and a pine tree. And that smell never leaves you. If you love it, you love it. Some people don't love it. I understand. If you get in my car sometimes, I'll get a pine, you know, scented car thing. And it's like, smells like chemical trees, basically. Um, but it is mine. It is the memories. And I used to love uh, decorating tree. My mom uh, had, uh, you know, homemade decorations over the years. Some uh, little paper angels with me and my sister's faces on it. Me, like, pudgy little cheeked eight-year-old Kenny's face on an angel, angel tree topper. Um, the same new decorations would come in over time, but it was like it was exciting for me. We go to the tree farm or go to Lucky, and we come back, and the tree would go up. My dad would put it in the little uh, red and green Christmas tree thing. Put the water in. Try to keep what if any dogs at the time around. Get a, get a, get the get Inky my poodle. Inky, get away. Um, and uh. Dogs do love Christmas tree waters. Water, just know that. That's a fact. And the same decorations would come out, and I'd look forward to it. Like, oh, this one. I like this one. Big green bowl with, like, my face on it in a in a sheriff's leather fringe sheriff's vest, because I wore that to school one day, uh, for, for school pictures even. And I just, that's the memory. That's the sense memory that comes back. That is, that is what is in my mind. And all of that 
filters into the smell of a good pine tree. So that's the answer. I'm open to hearing other things. What a good apple pie. You like the smell of, you know, mama's uh, apple pie waiting on the windowsill. All right, I can accept that. But Kai's right. It is all about the pine tree and it's all about those memories. So that's good. That's good. I'm drifting back. Now I want some chili. Oh, that day. Look it up. If you think I'm lying, look up that storm. Type in like Pismo Beach Storm of 82. It'll probably come up. They should do a documentary about it. All right, it's not that spectacular, probably, now. But as a kid, it just seemed like the world was ending. We lived a mile from the beach. We could see the beach from our, like a one little window in my parents' master bedroom. You could look out and you could see the beach. So it wasn't like a beachfront view, but it was, you know, a mile from the beach. And um, so it seemed like as a kid, seven, eight years, seven years old, like, are we going to die? <laughs> the pier's being ripped up. Rick Martell, the local news anchor who kind of may have been the inspiration for Kent Brockman in a way, um, on The Simpsons, the pier's, uh, the pier's falling down. I'm Rick Martell for KSBY Channel 6. I was terrified. Terrified of that storm. Look it up, which is why you need the comfort of the pine-smelling Christmas tree downstairs to, to soothe the soul of a scared seven-year-old. All right, final call of the day. Hey, Ken. Uh, I want to start by saying thank you so much for creating an Agile file. It's always a pleasure to see your videos, hear your interviews, talk about life and all the other content that you put out there for us. I'm always dealing with a lot with work and family stuff. I try to prioritize things that I have to accomplish that have a deadline over things that don't. Um, and I always get distracted with other things that I have to do. Do you have any advice on how to manage this dilemma I've been having? Last call of the day is from Tamor. Thank you, Tamor, part of the Knapsack Files boardroom over on Patreon. And he's got an interesting question. First of all, Tamor, thanks for the kind words about the Knapsack Files and the content uh, uh, putting out, made possible by all of you. And uh, I like this question, especially during the holiday season. You know, you can get a little distracted when you got things that are important, things you got to get to. Uh, Tamor said he's working hard. He's got work issues, family things going on, and he finds himself easily distracted. Well, I do, too. I do, too. This episode, if you listen kind of uh, as the show comes out every Wednesday here on the Napsack Files, a little later than normal because I had a lot going on. I had to prioritize. And while this is a priority, I had to make the tough decision to delay this episode to get other things done. And I think that's one of the things I think about when I talk about this uh, you know, distractions, priorities, and what you got to get done there, Tamor. Sometimes you might have to do what's right for you. I'm not saying in a selfish way. Tamor's not a selfish guy, but sometimes you might have to put you first and get things done based around that. Obviously, if there's some time crunches at work, that's a little different. And then hopefully you get the understanding from your family and, and, and really buckling down. You want to know? You want to know what I think is one of the big things, one of my personal tricks. This won't work for everyone. One of my personal tricks for staying focused, not just turning off like Twitter and Facebook or things that are going to distract you, not just throwing your PS4 controllers out into the front yard so that you uh, don't get distracted by the games easily. No, you know what works for me? Talking to myself. Kind of like I'm doing right now. There's no one in this room. I'm talking to you all but I'm staring at an empty kitchen right now. 
I find myself needing to reset my daily goals throughout the day because I can get easily overwhelmed. And that might be what you're experiencing today more more than just distraction. If you have a lot going on, the holiday season, job things, job interviews, job prospects, job problems, family problems, not even family problems, but just family demands. We're all gearing up for a holiday party. You got to get back home. When you're coming home, when you come in into town, all those kind of things, and then things pop up. I don't know if it's distractions. Is it sometimes it's just being overwhelmed? And you have probably a list of priorities, a list of things you need to get done. I have that, daily tasks. All those things are good. Notifications on your phone that you're going to ignore for 32 days. Uh, remind me tomorrow, remind me tomorrow. Yeah, all that, but I find, and I'm working on this big project right now, and i got to record all these shows, and I just launched the Motivations with Ken podcast. There's another show i got to do. Yay, uh, you know, tough stuff for me, right? But yeah, what I do is I literally just stop and go, all right, what's next? What do we have to do? And then I'll answer myself. We've got to record the TNF hotline. After that, we're going to do a five extra minutes to be released on Patreon. After that, I'm going to eat food, and I'm going to have 35 minutes to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to hunker down, get the food done, but enjoy the food. Turn, off, uh, uh, turn on the TV, turn off your mind, watch something. Don't eat through, work through lunch, all those kind of things. Sometimes you have to, but then when I'm done with lunch, I will sit down to write, and then that's it. Because there's more after that, then it starts getting overwhelmed, go overwhelmed, and then I think when you get overwhelmed, you allow yourself to get distractions. Distractions are often sometimes just an escape, just an escape. And it's not all bad things. It's not just checking your Twitter mentions. I'm sitting down to write, sitting down to get my number one goal of the day done. I need to write a thousand words here. We're about to do it. Oh, but you know what? I need to check on that bank account, maybe transfer that funds. Everything. Yeah, let me do that. That's done. Sit down. We're going to write. We're about to write. And you know what? Let me check on that YouTube description. I don't know. I'll just knock that out of the park for a few minutes. We're going to write. We're going to sit down. We're going to, you know what? I didn't take the trash out today. Let me do that now. Those distractions are escapes. Pull you, pull you out of your own focus. Why? I don't know why. That's me. And that is when sometimes I literally stop, get up, go into another room. If you got another room to go to, if not, go to a corner like you're in a Blair Witch movie. And just say, all right, we are going to maybe take that trash out. When I come back, I take my shoes off. We lay down on the bed and we're going to write. We're going to do a first draft there. Then after that, I'm going to go have a sip of apple juice. because I do love apple juice sitting in my fridge right now. We're going to have a little drink, sit down, relax, and go back and write the second draft. And that's what we're going to do. And I keep finding myself having to do that because it comes down to a just logistics, focusing on the small things. How many times, like when I talk about depression, I work on the next hour. Don't work on the next day, month, year. Work on the next hour. You're depressed, feeling blue, got some problems. What's the next hour like? When you get done with that hour, we'll worry about the next one. So with all this stuff going around, work, holidays, family, did you get the right gifts? Did Andy in Dallas get the right gifts? 
Is Kai right about the pine smell? All these things can go through your mind. But sometimes you got to do what's right for you, which will eventually and most likely be right for everyone else. So that is that. One of the final things I wanted to do here today is go to my Patreon page and go to the questions I put up there. We got Q&A, monthly Q&A. This is for tier four or higher supporters. $5 a month. They get to ask uh, some direct questions, and uh, I'll type out an answer. But I, I have had so much fun doing the Q&As here on the Napsack Files. The entire episode's based on questions. But I thought maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll pull from time to time here on the Napsack Files. I'll pull a question that I got asked on Patreon and answer it here. So it's the end of the year. I'm looking at my calendar. I'm telling you right now, y'all. Uh, this is going to be the last show of 2018. I'm going to take next week off. I hope that's okay. If you, uh, if, if you do have a problem with that, uh, write, write the home office. All right. Um, <laughs> so, um, I am, uh, this is the last show of 2018. That's the whole point. I'm distracting myself as I'm recording. I'm distracting myself. Uh, so, this comes from Tim Van Newland. And I chose this question for two reasons. And first is this. Uh, well, let me ask. Here's the question. Tim wrote on Patreon, in a few years, what's the first thing you probably think of when thinking back on 2018? Great way to end my broadcast year here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. There are shows on the Motivations with Ken, uh, Afternoons, Force Center, for the Knapsack Files feed. What uh, This is a, a great way to close out the year. So, uh, Tim Van Newland asked me this question. The reason I chose Tim, Tim is uh, someone who's been very key to the growth of the Knapsack Files community, and I wanted to spay, pay special attention and put a spotlight on Tim. We did do a spotlight uh, when I had a little bit more time. I was doing the monthly Patreon patron spotlights on my website, knapsackfiles.podomatic.net. Those will be back um, just uh, been working on something for the last three and a half months, which is part of my answer there. So, um, Tim, I, I really uh, owe a lot to because uh, when I launched the Discord server, actually, I, let's go back before that. I launched a Discord server on the Knapsack Files tied to my Patreon page. It was an option that popped up with Patreon. I was like, what's this? I'm not familiar with it. I'm an old guy. Discord been around a few, few years, but now it's kind of reaching a higher level. Great. I'm all for it. I just was overwhelmed. I was, I was, it, was, it was daunting. Tim stepped in, wrote me on Patreon. I can help you. I know it pretty well. I got some skills. He helped me set it up, sent me pictures that are, and I mean this respectfully of myself, dumbed down with arrows. Press this button, and it sets up this. And Tim took the time to do that, and the Discord server eventually, uh, you know, gets started, gets launched, and it's been where we're building a really fun community of Knapsack Files listeners and Patreon supporters. Um, it all it takes if if you want to, you know, it's one dollar a month gets you in, and this isn't a telethon. This isn't that. Uh, I've decided to keep it behind that paywall, so to speak, because I want to make sure it's people who really want to be there because we're not just chit-chatting about Superman. You know, there's some there's a, a personal help desk 
chat channel. People go and talk about real problems. We have a daily Discord thing and, and a daily conversation. Sometimes it's silly, sometimes it's serious. And some friendships have been formed there, connections. When I see some of these names pop up, asking me questions here or over on Twitch, it's like seeing a friend. And that really started with Tim reaching out to me and saying, hey, I can help you. You have my axe and my Discord skills. So thank you, Tim. And to your question, in a few years, what's the first thing you probably think of when looking back or thinking back on 2018? This is a weird year for me as it draws to a close. It is a year in which I was jobless, losing my job in January, and really mentally we had already lost it. It was already in the fall of 2017, something that was going to happen. We just didn't know when. We didn't know how. We didn't know who. And it made uh, for some dreadful times and some worrisome nights. And then it finally happened. And even then when it happened, it was surreal. And you get up from the room, and we've all maybe lost jobs before. Hopefully none of you have been too much. Hopefully, you know, not a lot of you have been fired from jobs. Uh, but, and I've, and I've fired my peop- share of people in my life. I've laid off people and stuff. But here I, am, here I was on this side of it. And it was... It was scary, even though you'd thought, all right, well, this is going to happen. Brace for impact. It happens, and it was scary for me. And maybe it's not scary for others, but it was scary for me. I had left a, a job in 2015 that I you know, didn't love, and it really defined me negatively at times, or I let it, di- let it define me negatively. But I left the security of that job, literally and figuratively, uh, my director of security job, Decent money, wasn't going away anytime soon, robust medical package, yay, all the adult things, right? Wasn't happy, I wasn't content, I wanted to do more with my life, I felt I was meant for more, even though I was already doing some broadcasting, stuff like that, nope, nope, one more, finally got out, and then, boom, in a quick two years, uh, the risk I took, which I was telling people when I left that job, ah, I'm taking a risk. Who knows? Maybe a couple of years I'll lose my job, but, uh, you know, it'll be worth it. <laughs> well, it was worth it. But in two years, I'd lost my job. So I was scared. You guys know. I was talking about it as best I could here on the Knapsack Files. Uh, scared. But then it happens. And sometimes you got to get pushed out of that plane, right? Hopefully the parachute's on, but you got to get shoved out. It has been a year of struggle. It has been a year of challenges. Um, I'm still a very fortunate person. And it's been, I think, one of my favorite years of my life. I don't know if you guys rank your favorite years. 1982, 83, big years of my life. That storm, Return of the Jedi. I love uh, my eighth grade year was, uh, you know, 1990. Good year, good year. (laughs) A lot of things. I like 1996 a lot. Good year, good year. 2018 is one of my favorites because I think I was forced to finally find out what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it, and I'm still figuring it out. I've never worked harder and more often in a year in which I had no, quote, job. This is the job now. This is the passion. This is what I'm doing. And we'll see where it goes. We'll see how long I can take it. I may need to get back into the regular working force. It's just some realities of living in a big city and living in any city. I may need to do that. It will all be worth the risk, but I have more of a clear picture of where I want to go, where I've been going, what I'm doing now. There's still things I failed to achieve during this time of unemployment, 
Um, which is weird. I say unemployment, but unemployment from a, hey, go to work, nine to five job, get medical, all that kind of stuff. I didn't have medical the whole year. I'm going to pay, f- and I'm going to get fined at the end of the year or whatever in my taxes, but I didn't have medical. I think I finally got that taken care of. Don't worry for me. Don't worry for me and any potential broken ankles. Um, but all of that, and I was talking about this the other day to a uh, producer, a uh, friend of, uh, of, of of a lot of shows. Uh, she's a fan, but also a friend, Meredith uh, Loftus, who's a producer of ET Live. Uh, knew her back from the Screen Junkies days. She's on the fan couch, everything. Uh, working out here in the town, making it happen there. And I ran into her over at the live taping of the Steel Saunders Star Wars show. And, and we are talking about it. I said, you know, I went, this, this year was the, one of the toughest years I've ever had, and I know it's all going to be worth it. It's all going to be worth it. And... That's kind of where I'm at. That's where I know I'll be in a few years, Tim, when I look back on 2018. We'll see what happens from here. You don't know. January 31st, 2 p.m. in the afternoon, I'm getting laid off. And even then, I thought, because, again, we kind of knew it was coming. All right, I can do this. I can do that. All right, things are going to... All right, I have a direction. I got some ideas. Most of those things didn't even happen. I'm going in an entirely different direction. And I can't wait to really fully announce to everybody what I've been spending a lot of time on for the last three, about three and a half months. It'll be four by the time uh, it's all wrapped up. Something that I wanted to do. Something for a long time I felt I could do. We'll see if I did it. (laughs) The public will be judging that. Something I wanted to do, and it would not have happened if I had not been pushed out of that plane. And even then, it took me a while to really finally decide, this is it. We're going to do it. I can't fully say yet. I hope you guys are all going to love it when you find out. But that and many other things, when I look back on the year, is what it was all about. I got more goals coming, more things I want to do. We'll see where the road takes me. But that is what I will remember for 2018. What will you all remember for 2018? Tough year, publicly, a lot of things in the world, the world's on fire. Yep, yep. But I want you to focus on you and those around you for 2018 as we go into 2019. What happened for you? What did you succeed in? What do you still need to get done? What do you want to get done? You can put all that negative energy into the world, all that worry, and that's what I mean by negative energy more than just being mean or anything. You can put all that worry and paranoia and panic and all those things. The state of the world is always going to be troublesome if you really look at it. As the year draws to a close and we start forming our resolutions for next year, our goals for next year, our plan for next year, take time to look back on what you did this year. And like Tim's question, where is it going to lie years from now? We have this weird little 365-day thing. This thing was established. You have this 365-day time period to, to, to put it all down and look back later. A little time capsule. You got the birthday one. The years. 2018. I remember 1996. Good year. 98 was good. I moved to L.A. 99, I don't remember. Not the best year. I didn't do as much as I thought. I did start the ground. Let's start ranking the years. We'll do that on a life ranked. But look back. Look back on what you accomplished. Give yourself that credit. 
and get ready for the new year. We're all going to do it again. All right? All right. Thank you for listening to the TNF Hotline for December. We'll be back next month. The podcast feed will be back next year. More guests, more sizzler, more all those things. Yep, we are still going to do it. And thank you all for making it possible, particularly my Patreon supporters. That was something that was already in place. It was already in place, but then this year I needed it. I needed to really adapt to the direct-to-consumer kind of way of, of content, and this is only... Uh, this show, this feed, only exists now because of that support. So if you want to support, go to patreon.com slash files. But as I always say, and I'm being very honest, you don't need to do that. If you're not on that, the best way you can support is doing what you're doing right now, listening. Maybe share, tell a friend, just listening. That's the biggest support. My Patreon producer supporters, though, are Jason Humphreys, the hump out there in the U.K., Pags, what's up? Pags, Kai Thatch with a great call today, Kyle Gerben, Zach Anderson, Jonas Bergen, Corey Morris set up there in Canada, Graham Bell, Kyle Harlow designed some great T-shirts for me this year, available on TeePublic. Uh, my good friend Ty Schallenberger, uh, old high school buddy, support me, and I appreciate it. My cousin, even Michelle Cox, go follow her at Vegas 3D Kids. Get some information on how you can support her engineering class out in Las Vegas, help teach the engineers of the future. New supporter, Andrew Hale. Our executive producers are Real Snacks Attacks. That's DJ uh, Snacks, Thomas Risley. Uh, look at uh, Thomas. has got a new podcast, Ruminations, uh, on uh uh, the anchor, he's also going to be part of Casterly Talk when, when it launches in full uh, later in 2019. Uh, Lethal Logan X, Matthew Simon Bedore, my great Fortnite coach and Twitch counselor, Jacob at Star Wars Legends Cons, uh, Lack, Nos Lack, Matthew Maroney, Matt Thompson at TMP Media Productions, Taymor, the great call today, new supporters, Abdul, Taymor's brother, Donald Long, bumping up to executive producer, and Nikki Baldwin, an old friend from the Screen Junkies fan days over there. Uh, she's now supporting. She's an EP as well. So that is that, everybody. You are the best Follow me at Cadnapsuck. That's YouTube. Look for Motivation for Ken on YouTube and on Anchor. Enough talking about what I do. Let's go enjoy the end of the year. Look forward to 2019. We'll see you. That's the TNF Hotline. Bye.